Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about sales, how you can increase sales to get more results. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Wes Schaffer. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. Sunny day, positive mindset. Everything is fine. Uh, and to check out your profile, you have good experience about this topic. Uh, before we start, just tell more about your experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about sales. So why I decided to share about it? Yeah, about your experience, background, uh, and yeah, and why you decided to, to share more value about sales today? Um, well, I've been in sales full-time since I got out of the Air Force in uh, 1997 mm-hmm. and uh, started the Sales Whisperer in 2006. Um, I had had a pretty successful career up to that point in sales, but I was always learning, always you know buying books, programs, attending conferences, just trying to get better. Uh, and I had kind of a knack for for training, for explaining things, you know, helping people understand. And um, so now, you know, I've been doing this. Uh, what's that math? 2006. So 16 years. Uh, written a couple mm-hmm. of books, host a couple of podcasts, uh, work with a lot of technology like CRMs and marketing automation to help people automate the the things that I teach and because uh, that's how you can scale and grow you know if you can create processes document them and, and implement them so uh, mm-hmm. I've helped several thousand people around the world ever since mm-hmm. love it uh, can you tell uh, how to unite sales people and marketers because uh, I check out a few studies that sales people distrust marketers I don't know why probably they have some issues marketers have different strategies and sales people want to sell today you know they need to increase sales but some uh, campaigns marketing campaigns uh, take uh, I don't know like months years it's a lot can you tell how to unite them in one cohesive strategy well nobody entrepreneurs don't like sales and marketing as a whole <laughs> sales people have a negative connotation of sales even though they're in sales because mm-hmm. their whole lives they've been told negative things about sales sales people are pushy they're arrogant they're greedy they're money hungry so you have all these mm-hmm. negative things going on and now a salesperson is is in that role and they're not confident. And so they allow prospects to push them around. They don't stand their ground. Um, then they haggle, they negotiate, then they become desperate. And it's this cycle of negative reinforcement that just keeps keeps things bad. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So instead of just understanding the value you bring, how you help people, how to choose who to lose. You know, our job in sales is to prospect. And when we prospect, we're disqualifying, we're not qualifying. So when you understand those little nuances, you know, I always say that that small hinges swing big doors. Mm -hmm. If people would understand the power of these, of these little changes in attitude and thinking and goal setting, um, their lives would be much easier and better. And, and entrepreneurs, they, they literally think that if they build a better mousetrap, they'll just have all this business. The reality is a salesman actually rewrote that concept uh, and, and sold it better. 
because he was trying to explain why he was having so much success in his business. And um, it's, but pe- people don't know the details. <laughs> we have short attention spans. We're looking for that shortcut. Uh, so, but you know, all of life is sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the serpent in the, the garden of Eden sold Eve on eating the apple. Then she sold Eve or she, mm-hmm. she sold Adam on why he should eat it. And then they tried to sell God on, <laughs> on why they did it. And he, he believed them to a degree, right. And took punishment on the serpent, uh, but made them pay the price as well. So here we are. And, um, mm-hmm. But all of life is sales. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Uh, can you tell how to build relationships before selling products? Because um, I often see when uh, even no, not see, uh, I get a bunch of emails every single day. I get a lot of messages on LinkedIn everywhere. Uh, and people are trying to sell me. I don't know them, you know. And uh, I have no time even to check out their proposals. Probably they have some interest in valuable, but I don't know about that because I don't know these people. They just uh, trying to sell. Can you tell more about building right. relationships? From your experience? Well, relationships take time. You know, everybody's looking for the, the easy button for the shortcut. Um, and, you know, I added a little icon in my name years ago on LinkedIn just to stand out from the crowd. And, um, but what the added benefit that I've discovered is that when somebody screen scrapes, right, basically steals your name off of the internet, the little icon, it's a dash and a phone. So I get all these, I got a text message this morning. I get LinkedIn messages every single day, but they'll scrape those and put them into email databases. So I get messages that say, hi, Wes, it'll be Wes dash or it'll be West Dash with a question mark because a lot of times the phone, that emoji won't come through. So it'll show as a special character and ends up as a, as a question mark. So, so I know right away who's spamming me. Mm-hmm. And um, there's, there's pros and cons to mass marketing and to sales and marketing automation. Right. And I've been in this space since 2007. So I'm all for broadcast and, and automation. Um, it, it makes sense, but it's not should not be used 100 percent of the time. We have to do some things that don't scale, which means some one on one interaction. So if you're trying a one size fits all, you grab you create one generic email template and try to send that to everybody on your list, it's going to be tough to form that relationship. But people are lazy, so they just play the odds. They go, if I can get a 3% conversion, it'll, it'll have a positive ROI, it'll be worth it. So they're just in it for the money. You know, and it might work, uh, and you'll make some sales, but are you really going to create those relationships? No, you're just, you're going to, it's just a timing thing. So now it's, but it's like using drugs, right? You get that high, but now you got to keep doing more and more of them to get the same effect because you become, your body becomes tolerant, right? And so you got to increase the the dosage. So it's um, but people as long as as long as people are greedy and chasing the money, that'll always be a problem. 
you know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you need to understand how and when to, to sprinkle in some, some things that don't scale, some, some personality, some personal mm-hmm. correspondence to help make that connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once uh, I heard the quote from Gary Vee and he told that uh, many companies uh, are wasting a lot of time trying to sell people who already said no, they're not interested to buy your products. Can you tell more about buying persona, how to find the target audience? Because we have in marketing one interesting saying that if you uh, sell to everyone, you sell to no one. Uh, Share more about buying persona. Well, hopefully you know who who the right market is for your product, right? Um, that's, so, again, there's a dichotomy. With digital marketing, everybody tries to do these rifle shots. You know, they say this product is for 40 to 47-year-old married men Uh, who are into pickleball and are left-handed and have blonde hair, you know, so, okay, you know, fantastic. Um, But when you only target those people, um, you, you're, you're not writing messages for their girlfriends, for their brothers and sisters, for their parents, for their aunts and uncles who may be looking for a gift idea for the left-handed 42-year-old blonde-haired pickleball player, right? So you've got to create, I've always said, you must deliver a powerful message in a powerful manner. So sometimes it's a rifle shot. Sometimes it's a shotgun um, in that it's broader, that, it, that it'll find, if you deliver the powerful message in a powerful manner, it'll find the right audience, right? Somebody will take it to that person. Go, oh, I know that. I know that person. And they'll recommend it. Maybe they'll buy it for them. Um, but, but still, you need to, you know, if you're going fishing, you, it matters. Are you going to a river? Are you going to a freshwater lake? Are you going deep sea fishing? You need different gear, a different boat, different navigation. Uh, different rods and reels, different hooks, different different bait, you know. So you, you can't just, you know, everybody's my prospect. No, when you're that broad, it the we, we can't envision <clears throat> at that moment. It's like we freeze, you know. I I took like emergency uh, first aid in the military, and the example they gave us, you know, somebody falls and they're they're bleeding right they're unconscious they're just laying there obviously injured you bend down to help them and you say somebody help somebody call 911 and everybody just freezes everybody everybody in that circle is a somebody but every somebody thinks somebody else will do something so you literally have to say you call 911. You go get some water. You go find something to bandage this person. You come over here and lift their feet. What hold their head? Oh, okay. People will follow instructions. 
Okay. So when you, when you put out this ad, you know, this is for anybody that's athletic. You know, like we all know people that are athletic, but it's like super athletic or kind of athletic or want to be athletic or do they just watch sports? Then our minds just go wandering, but it's like, this is for the men in your life, the 40 year old men in your life who are into pickleball and they, and they love being left-handed, you know, like, Oh hell, I know that person, you know? So you've, you've got a, this buying persona helps you craft that powerful message, both one-on-one and when you're writing a, a broader ad or a marketing campaign to help it, you know, resonate in the people that know, like, and trust your buying persona. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Valuable. Uh, can you tell uh, how to sell a new product? For example, if company created high quality product and uh, they don't know about uh, customers, uh, probably, yeah, they know. They learned a little bit about them, but how to find first customers who will buy this product? Uh, let's imagine weight loss supplements, uh, some pills, you know, uh, how to find customers uh, in the first stage? Well, is this a company that already was selling? Is this like just new and improved? Or is this new for them? Pro- uh, I don't know. Like uh, a new, uh, new pills uh, that can help to lose weight, uh, I don't know, like for 30 days now. Uh, for right, but is who- this... Right, but was this is this a company that was already making a diet pill, and now they're making uh, it better? Or maybe this was a company that that made vitamins or protein powder, but now mm-hmm. they're coming out with a weight loss pill. Uh, right. We can uh, analyze both, but uh, I think it's better to analyze uh, for companies that have name, and they decided to extend the market uh, to a new direction because of having some new products. Well, product development should not be happening in a vacuum, right? Mm-hmm. I would hope that, you know, let's say they're, they're making, you know, vitamins and other supplements, protein powders, protein bars. Um, hopefully, like they've had requests, mm-hmm. right? Chat support, email, their Facebook page. Hey, do you have a... You know, these are great when I'm snacking, but, you know, like I'm trying to cut weight for a tournament or something. Uh, do you have any diet, you know, appetite suppressants? Hopefully they've been getting a lot of those questions and they go, oh, wow, there's huge demand for this. Now you just make it and go fill the need. Right. So um, this shouldn't be just done in a vacuum, but companies will. Like, oh, this market's a trillion dollars. We're going to go get a, a share of that. Yeah. Oh, you probably can, but it is a little naive and a little reckless to, to go that route. But if you have existing customers, you know, it's easy to run some quick promotions uh, or even even tease them a little bit. Hey, uh, we're coming out with a new appetite suppressant, you know, and, and we're, we're turning to you as one of our most valued customers. You, know, you can get on the waiting list. You can get on the pre-launch list, and this will en- enable you to, uh, you know, get a six-month supply at fifty percent off. You know, when it launches, you know, sign up here to to be on the list. So now you can gauge the interest ahead of time. 
you know, but if you have an existing existing customer base, then yeah, you keep you keep making offers for them. You know, I, I had um, a lady on my show years ago, Andrea Watts, she and her husband wrote a book called Go For No. Mm-hmm. And the concept is keep making offers to your customer until they say no. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, McDonald's, you know, it's obvious you go in and you say, yeah, I just want a cheeseburger. Would you like to make that a meal for an extra dollar ninety nine? Yeah, okay. Would you like to supersize it for an extra dollar? Yes. Would you like to add a hot apple pie for another dollar? Yeah. Would you like to add an ice cream cone for another dollar? No. Keep asking, <laughs> right? You've got a customer there. McDonald's mm-hmm. is not new. So keep making offers. So if, if you're already in this, in this product line, you know, ask them, you know, mm-hmm. would you like to add some amino acids? You know, would you like to add these additional vitamins? Would you like to add a pre-workout? So, you know, keep asking, don't just take your customers for granted, right? Let's say you only make a protein powder. Maybe you make the best protein powder in the world. Okay. You'll have some loyal people. But maybe I find a competitor whose protein powder is 90% as good, but it costs 30% less. Oh, and the, and the company, the competitor also has protein bars that I like, and it's convenient to take those on a trip sometimes. And so they give me, you know, 30% off of those if I combine my order. You know, maybe another 10 or 40% off if I add them both and free shipping because it's over $100. You're going to start to lose some business, even though you're the best protein powder in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, so you've got to keep looking at the market and coming up with new ways to uh, to keep your customers uh, engaged and involved and, and coming back for more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Um Can you tell, for example, uh, I, I want to share uh, my story when I was in Egypt uh, and uh, for my walk, uh, people uh, came to me and uh, shared uh, small gifts. No, many different small gifts. I don't remember exactly uh, many of them, but uh, they gave me and told, please come to my shop. When I came to the shop, uh, I bought like uh, spent like $300 you know, to buy something that I don't need at all. Can you tell how to use this technique online you know because uh nobody can uh came to me uh, and tell this uh, take this just uh, uh, come to my shop uh, how to provide this experience online so they would give you something yeah small gift a like gift. Uh, a pencil i don't remember exactly <laughs> many different gifts yeah uh, um Well, it kind of goes back to your buyer personas, right? Mm-hmm. And you got to think through what, what are their biggest issues? You know, the job of an entrepreneur is to solve the pains of our customers, right? What problems do they have? So let's say you've got a book or a course. Um, you can always give a summary. You can give them a cheat sheet. Right, so a digital download, uh, a synopsis, right? A, a 10 minute, three minute overview with the key concepts. 
Um, so, and you know, people say, Oh, if I give them that, then they won't buy the whole course. It's like, if, if they're going to get all their, their itches scratched from a five minute summary or a two page cheat sheet, they're not going to buy the course anyway. You know, now you're adding, at least you're showing them some added value. So, uh, look at like your frequently asked questions, you know, can you consolidate those into a guide? Um, as a video, you can give them with password protected. So they feel like they're an insider, you know, little things like that. Uh, so it doesn't have to be a physical item. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, your customers are coming to you to, to s- scratch an itch, to solve a pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so just think of the different ways um, you could have a, you know, um, there's things like Substack and, and, and people are even having like paid podcasts now. Uh, so you can give them, it's a digital product, right? So you can give them access. You can give them a 90 day uh, free access as a thank you. And, and now you get them hooked. Maybe they'll just turn into a paying customer and subscribe. Right. So there's different ways you can you can play that um, mm-hmm. to reward them and still entice them. Mm-hmm. Love it. Uh, can you tell what salespeople don't need to do today? They do, but it's better to avoid. Oh, like what are some bad things they're doing? Mm, probably don't work obsolete technique. Uh, Uh, because things change. For example, uh, if I get a uh, hundred emails a day uh, with uh, these pitches that uh, are not relevant to my interests, uh, I'm not sure it's a good idea. But uh, if they send, it works. So they probably they can find their buying persona by sending these emails. I don't know. Can you tell uh, where it's better probably to pay more attention, you know, to get more sales and ignore some techniques that are obsolete? Well, the old adage is what's old is new, mm-hmm. you know, phone calls <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, still work, uh, handwritten letters still work. Um, you know, they're all trying to rush the sale. Uh, so mm-hmm. taking some time online on social media, engaging with them, answering questions, sharing their content, giving them a recommendation on LinkedIn without asking for anything in return. You know, all those things work. Um, so and you have to listen. Salespeople still don't listen. They're just rushing. Uh, they're using all this bulk stuff and they're trying to gain the system. I, I got I got a LinkedIn message the other day. And then right after the, the message, I get a video from the or an audio from this guy. But I've been in this game long enough. I can tell it wasn't unique because he didn't say my name. He just had a generic MP3 file that he said, hey, just wanted to follow up my LinkedIn message with a, with a little audio just so you put a, a voice to the name. I look forward to connecting with you, whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, so he gets, a, he gets an A minus for creativity and for mixing things up. But, you know, an F, is, he's still gaming the system. Mm-hmm. You know, I use... Uh, BombBomb and Bonjuro to send a video message to prospects and customers. You know, and I say their name though. Hey, Joe, it's Wes. I can see when somebody opts in for something. It takes mm-hmm. seven to 10 seconds. Boom. Because the contact's already there. I click, 
Hey, Joe, it's Wes. Thanks for downloading my seven daily sins of selling. I uh, hope it helps. Let me know if you have any questions. Boom, hit sent. I said their name. I did it immediately, so it's relevant. I mean, they literally, within the last five minutes, they got that report. You know, and yeah, you might be on a call or something. All right, so it takes you a day or an hour, half a day to send the message. It's still timely. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, that cannot be automated. That's why I say do things that don't scale. Sending a one-off message like that is going to help you grow your sales. Mm-hmm. Love it, love it. Uh, can you tell about FOMO? How to provoke this feeling? Uh, I mean, like the right feeling, uh, fear of missing out. Uh, because, uh, uh, oh, you know, I, I, yeah, FOMO. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, for example, uh, if I see some uh, awesome tools with discounts and it's only a few hours left, you know, uh, I'm thinking, uh, I have no time to think, uh, do I need this tool or not? But I can get this discount, you know, and I, I'm loving to use, uh, to use new tools, you know, to... Uh, automate my process. Can you tell about FOMO? How to provoke this feeling? How to, how to what? Uh, provoke or submit your marketing message or uh, to sales that uh, we have only limited uh, products. Uh, we can only get discounts today. Yeah, from your experience, how you uh, oh, do you, edit. Do, do you want to create FOMO in the minds of yeah. your prospects or do you want to fight it? Yeah. Uh, no, create, create, yeah. Um, I mean, the the two biggies are scarcity, right, and, and time. Uh, so, you know, hey, we only, we only have 100 of these, right? Or this is only good till the end of the month or something like that. Um, you know, the kicker there is they, they need to be, you need to be sincere, Right. Uh, companies all the time, well, they'll do a promo, you know, 4th of July sale, 30% off, you know, and, and then, you know, here comes August and, you know, back to school sale, 30% off. And then September, you know, Labor Day, back to school sale or, you know, whatever. And it's just 30% off. Hey, it's Halloween. Mm-hmm. We're slashing, uh, saying goodbye to scary prices, 30% off. You're like, okay, dude, that, that's just your normal <laughs> thing, right? So you've got to be unique in this and sincere. And, you know, if you have a 30% off sale and, the, and it ends, all right, maybe you give the person 25% off, but you've got to stay true to it. Say, no, that promotion's over. You know, I can do 20%, I can do 25%. You know, if you order in the next, if you order this week, you know, I'll get 25% off and free shipping, but, you know, we can't do the 30% off. That's over. So you got to stick with that, right? Um, and, you know, other thing you can do, like Apple's really good. Uh, they, like, they have a back-to-school special, right? And I just used it to get a new computer. And um, so they'll they'll do 10% off, and they used to not ever even do that, Um but they're smart, right? They'll, they'll give you a $150 credit towards your next purchase. All right. So now it's going to keep you coming back. It's like you're running around with a little gift card, like just burning a hole in your pocket. So it's going to get you to come back. Uh, mm-hmm. So can you do things like that? You know, uh, hair salons, and I'm, you know, these, the, the chains like super cuts, you know, you go in to get a haircut 
and they print up your receipt, you know, and it'll have a 20% off your next haircut if you use it in the next whatever, 30 or 60 days. So you're going to carry that receipt around, you know, because you want that, that, the FOMO, right? Oh, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss my, my discount. You know, they mm-hmm. say like dry cleaners, if when a new dry cleaner opens up, if they can get you to visit four times, then they'll have you hooked. So they'll do a grand opening, right? Any item, any, anything, $1 or whatever. Like, you know, you'll bring suits and all kind of stuff. Okay. So there's the first one. Now you got to return to pick it up. So there's your second. So they'll do the same thing. Um, give you a, a coupon, you know, with the receipt. You know, whatever, 50% off, you know, good for the next 30 days. All right, you, you're going to run back, to collect that, go back to pick that up. Now you're developing a habit. Now you know where this place is. You're getting familiar with it. Um, now you'll keep coming back. So you just got to mm-hmm. think through, you know, again, it's the buyer persona. What's what's happening? Who is this person? Where are you located? Uh, what are they thinking? You know, in marketing, we must enter the conversation going on in the mind of the prospect. So what are they thinking? What are their fears, their worries, their concerns? Uh, you know, address those and, and you'll be good to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, valuable. Uh, can you tell, uh, uh, we have such quote that don't sell products, sell experience. Can you explain how to sell experience? Yeah. You know, Apple's another good one, right? Early on, their their iPod and, you know, their AirPods or their head earbuds, whatever. But, you know, they come yeah. out with the iPod, they would have a persona of a person and the white earbuds and the white cable and they're active, right? They were dancing, they're riding skateboards. So they weren't telling you about the bass and the treble and the uh, equalizer and blah, 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 and noise cancellation. It was just like, Hey, you can be cool and hip and active and young and vibrant if you have these. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's you know, like a, a good realtor will will do that with somebody because it's you're not going to find the perfect home even if you build it. People end up frustrated, you know. So they say sell the neighborhood, right? So it's like, how is this? Yeah, it's a two car garage instead of a three. But the kitchen is what you want. The commute is, is what you want. It's close to schools. It's good schools. It's a safe neighborhood. You know, how would you spend your nights and weekends here in this community? What do you think about the community pool? You know, look, look how quiet it is. You know, would you spend time outside grilling or just sitting on the patio watching the kids play in the street because it's a cul-de-sac, you know, and get them going, yeah, man, we are on a busy street. Wow. It would be fun if kids could, just play outside safely. Well, it is a nice community pool. Yeah, I guess I don't really need a three-car garage. I guess we can do with that because everything else is so good. Oh, this is 30 minutes closer to work. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to save an hour a day. You know, so you, you're selling the experience instead of the product. And um, overall, I mean, that's the best way to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what's going to get people uh, really buying in. And uh, because – we, you don't buy a product to have a, to just have it. You buy it to fill a need. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, you don't want to have a shovel in your garage. You know, you had the shovel because you're, you're planting a new garden or, you know, you're digging up some thorny rose bushes that you're tired of and planting the things that your wife wants and whatever. So it's, 
you've got to get them focused on that, on the use case and the joy and pleasure they'll get, the pain you'll eliminate, the time and money you'll save them. That's why they have it. Yeah, love it. Uh, uh, I remember one movie with Leonardo DiCaprio when he tried to sell pen. Uh, no, not him. Uh, he tried to teach others how to sell a pen. Can you tell uh, how, for example, uh, sell me a pen? Can you reply to this question? Because it's interesting how to do it. <laughs> uh, I remember, um, oh, who was it? I just read uh, about this. Belfort, Jorford Belfort. Uh, well, Belfort's a newer one, but no, back in the day, it was one of the, mm-hmm. the classic guys like Hopkins or Mm-hmm. Zig Ziglar, one of those, like, they were on like Johnny Carson, like a major show. And he said, Oh, you'll sell me this pen. And like, he turned it around on him. He's like, uh, What would you do with this pen? What do you need this pen for? He's like, Oh, I don't know, like signing contracts and agreements and, you know, getting sponsors for this show and whatever. Like, Oh, like, you know, how much would a sponsor pay, you know, on the show? Oh, yeah, we can do million dollar contracts. So, so you're saying, If you don't have a pen, you can't sign a million dollar contract. It's like, <laughs> you ready to buy my pen? <laughs> you know? So he, he turned it around on him because you know, you can't you can't just force something. It's like a doctor, like if I say I'm a chiropractor, I can't just say, Hey, Anatoly, your back hurts. Mm-hmm. Now, statistically, we know that roughly 80% of people have had or are are having some type of pain with their backs mm-hmm. right doesn't matter how old young or old you are it just it happens um so statistically i might be right but if i just said that to you even if your back was hurting you'd be like who is this guy what is going on you can't tell me i have pain right i have to pull that out of you or bring up things to get you to go yeah that's me So, you know, you know, the old sell me this pen, it, the, the concept is flawed. The concept is that if you're sneaky, if you're creative, if you're persuasive, if you're manipulative, um, manipulative, um, you can get money from people, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. get money from people for things they don't even want or need, even if it's junk. And it's like, I just, I don't buy into that concept. I'd rather sort, sift, and separate than to sell. Right? So if I'm sitting there, show me this pen. Like, I don't, I'd look into the audience, right? You know, on one of these television shows, there's 500 people in the audience. You know, like, show me this pen. Well, I don't know. I'd rather auction this pen. Hey, everybody, mm-hmm. who needs a pen? You know what? And oh, by the way, I'm this famous guy on this show. When you buy this pen, I'm also going to give you 30 minutes free consultation. Uh, and I'm going to use this pen to autograph one of my books and send that to you. So what do we say? We start, you know, my consultations start at $1,500 an hour. So what do we mm-hmm. say? We start the bidding at $100 for this pen. <laughs> you know, it's just a yeah. big pen. It's, it's a 37 cent big pen. I'll pay $100. Mm-hmm. I got $100. Do I have $110? $110. Do I have have $150? $150. $200. $200. Hey, you know what? I'm going to give half of this to charity. So you can write this off. We can write off anyway because it's a it's a device for your for your business. It's supplies. It's also training. And now it's marketing. And it's a donation. 
So what do we say? We mm-hmm. have this is going to charity. Oh, probably, by the way, my favorite charity, you know, the boys foster care. Uh, do we have five hundred dollars? Five hundred dollars? Do we have a thousand dollars? Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you're selling this pin for ten thousand dollars. You're giving the charity five thousand dollars. This guy is super happy. You know, instead of me struggling to sell you a thirty-seven cent pin, you know, mm-hmm. so don't accept the rules. Um, golly, yeah. I always forget. Uh, it's, um, see if I can look it up. On, are you a Star Wars fan? Uh, my wife, not me. Yeah. Uh, so the, but the, I, 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 I watched this woman. Yeah, I the watched. Kobayashi Maru. You ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember exactly them. <laughs> I, I love reading books. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was um, the Kobayashi Maru is a training exercise in the Star Wars franchise designed to test the character of Starfleet mm-hmm. Academy cadets in a no-win situation. So. Mm-hmm. They just they just overwhelm them, and you do this in good training anyway. You you know Navy SEALs, SWAT teams, whatever they'll they'll put guys in just super stressful situations, see how they react. It teaches them to stay calm. It teaches them to make good decisions in a bad situation. Okay, mm-hmm. but you know the Kobayashi Maru again. Everybody knew the decks were stacked against you, and it was just a matter of time until you fail. So. James Kirk, you know, the young guy. So, you know, in the original series, he was already a captain. But in in the movies, they, you know, they went back like when he was younger. And so he gamed the system. He hacked into the system. He found a way to win. Mm-hmm. So now, now the leaders had an issue. They're like, he cheated. He hacked the system, but he won. He defeated a previously undefeatable, undefeated system. Mm-hmm. So is he a cheater or is he a leader? Right? Yeah. Do we, w- will he cut corners and put his, his people at risk? Or will he be creative in an insurmountable situation and save everybody when everybody else would have died? Right? <laughs> So <laughs> Kobayashi Maru. So I say change the whole equation around. You mm-hmm. know, the same thing in the military. When you get ambushed, your opponent is counting on you freezing, freaking out, just laying down and praying you don't die. But you're going to die. The ambush is set up for you to freeze, to drop where you are, and then they'll get you. They'll close the distance and they'll get you. The absolute best thing to do on an ambush is to charge the ambush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it. Attack, uh, I have the, attack the attackers. Yeah, yeah, love it. Uh, right? I have so the final question. I don't take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, my final question about, uh, for example, if you started today from scratch without any experience, skills, knowledge, what will you do to learn more about sales? To learn about sales? Yeah. Um, I mean, if I'm starting from scratch, I would just start doing it. Because mm-hmm. um, there's a big difference between learning and doing. Okay. Um, yes, you, you, you need some kind of foundation. Um, 
But I see people bragging about, oh, I read a book a week. I've read 52 books in the last 52 weeks. I'm like, okay, great. Have you mastered the concepts in those books? So, so find somebody you resonate with. Follow that one person's model until you master it or you discover uh, it's just not the right one for you. Because people will bounce around too much. You know, and it's like going to one restaurant for drinks. Okay, let's leave. We're another restaurant for appetizers. Okay, let's leave. Go to another restaurant, sit in line, you know, for dinner. Okay, let's get up and leave. Go to another restaurant for dessert. Oh, let's go to another restaurant for after dinner drinks. Like, good grief, you're, you're freaking tired. You know what? Pick one place. Enjoy the experience. You know, pick one trainer, one methodology and get good at it. Um, but really, you just... You got to get after it. I mean, doing is where you're going to learn. If you were starting from scratch and had to and had to put food on the table, you know, and that was my scenario. Um, I was the first one in the office. I was the last one to leave. I just I got more at bats, and I made more sales. You know, so you got to be willing to fail. You got to be willing to make some mistakes. You got to be willing to look foolish and silly. You got to be willing to lose some deals. You know, because you're not going to be perfect. And so they uh, and they they've studied this. They they took uh, in a college, did a study and they took two different groups of students. I think they had them like uh, making a little handcrafted item. But they told one group, you're going to get graded on the quality. You just got to make one great piece. The others were graded on quantity, right? You got to go make a bunch. So what happened was these people were over here trying to do the perfect one. So they're studying and they're taking their time and they're afraid to make big cuts and moves. Meanwhile, the others were like going, 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 going. And they made a bunch. But as they got more repetitions, they got better and better and better. So at the end, the quantity people had both quantity and better quality because they did more and more and more. Mm-hmm. That's how you get good. Right. Yeah. So you've got to be willing to go do some, create some ugly pieces. And in the process, you'll make some beautiful pieces. Love it. Yeah. Uh, it's the same with creating content. You know, when people, right. uh, I check out a few studies that uh, many audio podcasters don't record the second episode. Because they can't get, get results from the first one. <laughs> oh no, guys, yeah. I don't know how to get results from the first attempt. It's the same like writing, you know, you, you need to fail many times, you know, failing yeah. only brings a new experience. Love it. Yeah. It concerns exactly. sales as well. Yeah. But it's a big pleasure to get you on my show, to learn from you. Tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Um, the, you know, go check out my podcast, right? The salespodcast.com. Um, they'll take you to my website. You can subscribe and then you can click around. I've got all kind of free tools. I got a sales calculator there. Uh, you can order my book. Um, I've got almost 600 episodes, you know, going back nine years. Uh, so just start there, the, the salespodcast.com and mm-hmm. uh, let me know how I can help. Nice. Nice. By the way, uh, guys, uh, 
Quest has two books, you know, you need to read both because, yeah, you can get a lot more insights, you can see a lot of value, uh, you, it's better to listen to audio podcast, you can check out uh, on this episode, yeah, a lot of valuable insights, I've learned something new about sales, so I recommend 100%, uh, you can find all these links in the description below, listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, and see you next time.